Your identity is your sense of who you are. It's made up of everything that you identify with. Of all the things that we identify with, the biggest are our stories. Our stories are just that, meaning the stories that we tell ourselves and others about who we are. You know, when you first meet someone, you're getting to know them and you tell them about you. That's your story. And we want to refine our stories to serve us. So just like you wouldn't go on a job interview and talk about how you messed up in previous jobs. And you wouldn't do that because you want to present yourself in a positive light. And so you refine your story to serve you. When it comes to refining our story, we want to do that for how we present ourselves to others. But we also want to do that for how we present to ourselves, meaning for how we think about ourselves. And we want to do that because if we don't, then we can walk around all day long with ideas like, I'm not good enough. And if you walk around all day long thinking that you're not good enough, then you have this mindset of, I'm not good enough. And that's the story that you tell yourself. And that story, it holds together like all of your thoughts and your feelings and your memories and your beliefs. So if you believe that you're good enough, then when you're searching your memories, you're going to pull memories of you being good enough. You're going to pull thoughts and feelings that support the idea that you're good enough, like I'm capable or I've got this, right? But if you think that you're not good enough, then you're going to pull memories of you not being good enough and thoughts and feelings that support that. So what that means is that how we think about ourselves, it determines our relationship with everything. And so when we want something like to experience more good things in life, we have to change how we think about ourselves. The best way to change how we think about ourselves is by developing flexibility in our identity. And the best way to develop flexibility in our identity is by working with our stories. But so, okay, so here's the thing is that folks can be super fixed on keeping our story like exactly as it is. So, okay, for example, if part of your story is you're not good enough, we'll even argue with others that we're not good enough, right? And I think, okay, so I think we can all think of a time when we've argued with a friend or a family member who was trying to say that we were good enough for something, we were capable of something. And we said, what are you, crazy? And I'm not good enough for that. And so the problem here with being super fixed on keeping our story exactly as it is, is that that's what gets in the way of of being able to switch out and say, okay, I am good enough or I am capable of this. That's what gets in the way of being able to develop flexibility in our identity. So to help with creating flexibility in y'all's identity, I came up with an exercise. The goal of this exercise is to develop flexibility in your identity. And we use your personal story to do that. And we use your personal story because folks are so wedded to their story that they will fight to hold on to it, even when it doesn't serve us. So what we do in this exercise is we play around with giving up a really important part of our story. Because if you can be comfortable playing around with giving up a really important part of your story, that's the best way to develop flexibility in your identity. And so to do this, we work with our social roles or our social identities. 
And my favorite summary that I've heard for what a social role is, is actually that your social roles are all the answers that you can come up with to the Cheshire Cat's question to Alice in Alice in Wonderland. Remember that? The Cheshire Cat asked Alice, who are you? So for example, let's say we ask grown-up Alice, who are you? And grown-up Alice says, we're a partnered mother researcher, part-time firefighting yoga instructor. So each one of those is a social role. So for this exercise, we pick one of your most important social roles or social identities, for example, being a mom or being a partner. And we imagine that you're no longer a mom, that you're no longer a partner. And again, we do this because if you can be even remotely comfortable just playing around with the idea that you're no longer a mom, that shows you're willing to shift your story. That's real flexibility in your identity. And that's the goal. It's an uncomfortable exercise, but it's just an exercise. And we do it exactly because no one wants to think about the loss of someone that matters to them or of one of their most important social roles. It's uncomfortable, but it's just an exercise and it works. And nothing about your relationship with this person in actual life will be negatively impacted in any way because of this exercise. You may find yourself experiencing greater appreciation for them or more freely expressing your love. So to get started, y'all will need a journal, a paper, electronic, doesn't matter, just something to record your thoughts. So if you need to press pause and go grab something, go ahead. So we'll start by listing all the important blood relationships in your life. So are y'all a mom, a son, a daughter, an aunt or an uncle, a niece or a nephew, a cousin, a grandparent or a grandchild? Like just begin there. You want to list all the important blood relationships. So just write down I am or we are a daughter, a sister, a grandparent. And y'all don't have, again, you don't you don't you don't have to list all of your blood relationships, just the important ones, the ones that matter to you. All right. So let's press pause now and make a list of all y'all's important blood relationships. Okay. So now that y'all have made a list of y'all's important blood relationships, next, we're going to list all of your important non-blood relationships. So for example, is there an important romantic relationship, maybe a spouse, or how about a best friend? All right, so if so, press pause now and make a list of all of your important non-blood relationships. Okay, now how about the folks who take care of the people and pets and things that are important to you? Maybe a child's teacher or a daycare provider or a dog sitter or a barista. It can be helpful to think about your day and what y'all do throughout your day. Think about all the people that you interact with that are important. Okay, so let's pause now and make a list of all the folks who take care of the people and pets and things that are important to y'all. Okay, next, if you're a student, what are y'all studying? And do y'all have a future occupation in mind? So students, let's pause now and take a moment to write down what you're studying and any future occupation that you have in mind. 
All right. So next, let's all write down what y'all do for a living, whether it's a career or just making ends meet. You can use a title or just a couple of words that describe your job. So I'm a teacher or we're a marketing director or a traffic guard. All right. So let's pause now and write down what we do for a living. Okay, next we're going to write down our boss and our two favorite or most preferred colleagues. Okay, so let's pause now and write down y'all's boss and your two favorite or most preferred colleagues. And so here's the last one. What are y'all's hobbies? Are y'all really into dance or photography or yoga? Or maybe you're a big gym goer or a hiker and a coffee connoisseur. So let's take a minute and write down our hobbies. And if y'all feel like you don't really have any hobbies right now, that's okay. Just write down some that you've done in the past. Okay, so let's pause now and write down our hobbies. Okay, great job coming up with y'all's lists. So let's take a moment to congratulate ourselves. You can just say, good job or well done. So now we're going to find a memory for everybody and everything on y'all's lists. So I'll use Alice as an example. So Alice identified one of their important blood relationships as being a mom. Alice is a 12-year-old who identifies female. And Alice has a favorite memory of their daughter from many years ago of playing in the mud together after the rain and making mud pies. And it was just Alice's daughter and, and Alice on one particular day having the time of their lives outside after the rain. And there was a rainbow and they all had muck boots on and they decided to make mud pies. And so there's this one moment where Alice's daughter looked over her shoulder at her mother and Alice will never forget the smile on their daughter's face. And that's the memory. If Alice really wanted to remember a core memory of Alice's daughter, that is the memory that Alice would bring to mind. So now is y'all's turn. So we'll start with the important blood relationships in your life. We're going to find a memory for each of the important blood relationships. It can be a current or a distant memory. And it can be a big deal memory, like a special event or like Alice's. But it can also be just whatever comes to mind. Like maybe what you see, what y'all see most often with them, like watching TV together or time in the kitchen. And once you have that memory, pick two or three words that describe that memory to help bring that memory to mind. So for example, Alice would pick rainy day to remember their day. Okay, so let's pause now and take a moment to find a memory for each of the important blood relationships in y'all's life. And when you find a memory, pick two or three words to use for describing and recalling it and write those words down. Okay, let's pause now. Okay, now that y'all have two to three words written down for recalling a memory for each of the blood relationships on your list, next we're going to find a memory for each of the important non-blood relationships on y'all's list. Okay, so let's pause now and take a moment. And again, we're going to find a memory for each of the important non-blood relationships in y'all's list. And then once you have that memory, pick two or three words to describe that memory and write those down. Okay, now that you have two or three words written down for recalling a memory for each of the non-blood relationships on your list, next we'll want to find a memory for each of the folks that take care of the people and pets and things that are important to y'all. So we'll pause now, and again, we're going to find a memory for, 
for all the folks who take care of the people and pets and things that are important to y'all. And then two or three words to describe that memory. And once y'all have those words, write them down. Okay, so now that you have two to three words written down for recalling a core memory for all the folks who take care of the people and pets and things that are important to y'all, next we'll want to find a memory for what y'all do for a living. So this is the core memory of what it's like to do the job. Whatever is most central about the job or what it is that y'all do most all day long every day. So maybe y'all picture an Excel spreadsheet or maybe y'all picture smiles on customers' faces or a field of lilies. It really doesn't matter like what y'all picture. What matters is that there's an image that y'all can hold in mind that represents the job for y'all. So let's pause now. And again, we're going to find a core memory for what it's like to do y'all's job, like whatever is most central about the job or what y'all do most all day long, every day. And then find two to three words to describe that memory. And then once y'all have those words, write them down. Okay, so now that y'all have two to three words written down for recalling a core memory for the job, next we'll want to find a core memory for the boss and for your two most preferred colleagues. And this can be a big deal memory or just what you see most often. So let's pause now and find a core memory for the boss and the two most preferred colleagues, and then two or three words to describe those memories. And once you have those words, write them down. Okay, now that you have two to three words written down for recalling a core memory for the boss and the two most preferred colleagues, next, if y'all are a student, y'all wrote down what y'all are studying and whether y'all have a future occupation in mind. So now we're going to spend a minute thinking of a core memory, one that's just really what it's like to be y'all as a student, and one that's just really y'all in your future occupation. So we'll pause now, and our students are going to find a core memory for what you're studying and for any future occupation, and then two to three words to describe those memories. And once you have those words, write them down. Okay, so now that our students have two to three words written down for recalling core memories for being a student and for their future occupation, now we'll all want to find core memories for our hobbies. So for example, Alice happens to be a stamp collector. And Alice used a memory of finding their favorite stamp. So y'all might have a favorite memory for y'all's hobby. Or maybe there's one that's just really y'all doing your hobby. You know, like when you're in the groove. Okay, so let's pause now and find memories for your hobbies. And then two or three words that describe those memories. And once y'all have those words, write them down. Okay, great job coming up with all those memories and the words to recall those memories. Let's take a moment to congratulate ourselves and just say, good job or well done. And so now that we have those memories and the words to recall those memories, we're going to use, now we're going to use those words as a prompt to recall those memories and to practice visualizing them. So we'll begin with all the important blood relationships in y'all's life. And we'll use the two tree word memory prompt that y'all wrote to bring up those core memories. And we'll do that one by one. So for example, Alice's prompt was rainy day to bring to mind playing in the mud with her daughter. So Alice would say rainy day to bring up that memory. And then Alice would visualize that memory, thinking about making mud pies with their daughter. 
And Alice would really focus on that one moment where their daughter looked over her shoulder at her mother and the smile on their daughter's face and the joy that Alice felt. So that's what we're going to do now with all the important blood relationships that y'all have identified. So when y'all are ready, we'll start with the first person on y'all's list. So right now, look at the words on your list that you left to prompt a particular memory for that first blood folk on y'all's list. So use the prompt to bring up that memory and now go back to that day. So where were y'all? And where were y'all sitting? Or how were y'all standing? And what were y'all wearing? And how did y'all's clothes feel? And how did y'all feel? And who else was there? And what were they doing? How did they look? What were they feeling? And now together, bring all of that up and sit with it. Let it wash over and marinate in the moment. Meaning take a moment now to just sit with that memory. Okay. Now that you've experienced the memory for the first person on y'all's list, now you'll want to repeat that process for all the rest of the blood relationships on y'all's list. It doesn't matter how long y'all spend with the memory. What matters is how real it is, meaning how vivid it is. Like you want it to almost be as if you can smell the memory, like the scent of a freshly squeezed lemon. You want it to be real. Like as if y'all was still right there. All right, so let's pause now and do that. Okay, so now that y'all have practiced using prompts to recall and visualize the chosen memory for each blood relationship on y'all's list, next we'll practice using your prompts to recall and visualize the memory for each non-blood relationship on y'all's list. And again, it doesn't matter how long you spend with the memory. What matters is how real or how vivid it is. So try and include as many details as possible. Okay, let's pause now and do that. Okay, so now that y'all have practiced using the prompt to recall and visualize the chosen memory for each non-blood relationship on y'all's list, Next, we'll want to practice using the prompts to recall and visualize the chosen memory for all the folks who take care of the people and pets and things that are important to y'all. And again, it doesn't matter how long y'all spend with the memory. What matters is how real, how vivid it is. So try and include as many details as possible. Okay, let's pause now and do that. Okay. 
Now that we've practiced using the prompt to recall and visualize the chosen memory for all the folks who take care of the people and the pets and things that are important to us, next we'll want to practice using the prompt to recall and visualize how we make our living. And again, it doesn't matter how long y'all spend with the memory. What matters is how real or how vivid it is. So try and include as many details as possible. Okay, let's pause now and do that. Okay, now that you've practiced using the prompt to recall and visualize how we make our living, next we'll want to practice using the prompt to recall and visualize our chosen memory for our boss and our two most preferred colleagues. And again, it doesn't matter how long y'all spend with the memory. What matters is how real or how vivid it is. So try and include as many details as possible. Okay, let's press pause now and do that. Okay, now that you've practiced using the prompt to recall and visualize the memory for y'all's boss and two most preferred colleagues, next our students will want to practice using their prompts to recall and visualize their chosen memories for being a student and for future occupation. And again, it doesn't matter how long y'all spend with the memory, what matters is how real or how vivid it is. So try and include as many details as possible. Okay, let's pause now and do that. Okay, so now that our students have practiced using their prompts to recall and visualize their memories for being a student and for future occupation, next we'll practice using our prompts to recall and visualize our hobbies. Again, it doesn't matter how long y'all spend with the memories. What matters is how real or how vivid they are. So try and include as many details as possible. Okay, let's pause now and do that. Okay, great job using your prompts to visualize all those memories. Let's take a moment to congratulate ourselves. Just say, good job or well done. And now that y'all have practiced using prompts to recall and really visualize all those memories, next we're going to practice letting go of our identity in the form of our social role. So for example, Alice would bring up the wonderful memory that they have of making mud pies with their daughter and the smile on their daughter's face and the joy that Alice felt. And Alice would embrace that memory for just a moment, would let it wash over. And then Alice would let it go as if Alice had just awoken from a lovely dream. And Alice would then say, I am no longer a mother. And Alice would feel that loss. And Alice would grieve the loss of their daughter because even if it was just a dream, it felt so real. Now to grieve here means to really feel the loss to feel the aching in your chest and the emptiness in the pit of your stomach. And just as a reminder, the goal of this exercise is to develop flexibility in your identity. And the way that we do that is to practice letting go of our social role, like Alice here, grieving the loss of their daughter. And flexibility in our identity is what we need because how we think about ourselves determines our relationship with everything else. It's uncomfortable, but it's just an exercise and it works. So if your mind fights and says, I don't want to do this, just say, I know, I know, I know, but it's okay. It's just an exercise. 
So we'll begin with all the important blood relationships in your life. And we'll use the two to three word memory prompts that you wrote to bring up those memories one by one. So when y'all are ready, we'll start with the first folk on y'all's list. Okay, so take a look now at the memory prompt for the first folk on y'all's list and bring up that memory and bring up that memory in its richest form, meaning with all of its sights and sounds and smells and feelings and just bring all that up and just marinate in the moment. So take a moment now to just sit with that memory. And then take a moment to wrestle with the idea that this person that you may have just seen this morning, they're gone now. You are no longer a mother, a daughter, a sister, or whatever that significant blood relationship was. You are no longer that social identity. So let's take another moment now to grieve on our own. Okay. Pause now for that. Okay, now that y'all practice letting go and grieving the first folk on y'all's list, okay, now that we've practiced letting go and grieving each significant blood relationship, Next, we'll practice letting go and grieving all the important non-blood relationships. So look at the memory prompt for the first person on your list and bring up that memory and bring up that memory in its richest form, meaning with all of its sights and sounds and smells and feelings, and just bring all that up and marinate in the moment. So take a moment now to just sit with the memory. And now say, this memory that I am or that we are enjoying right now, the person in this memory, they're gone. They are no more. I am or we are no longer a spouse, a partner, a best friend, or whatever the significant non-blood relationship was. And take a moment now to wrestle with the idea that this person that y'all may have just seen this morning, that they're gone now. Y'all are no longer a spouse, a partner, a best friend, or whatever the significant non-blood relationship was.
Let's take another moment now to grieve on our own. Okay, pause now and do that. Okay, so now that y'all have practiced letting go of and grieving the first folk on y'all's list of important non-blood relationships, now y'all will want to practice on your own letting go of and grieving the remaining significant non-blood relationships on y'all's list. So pause now and do that. Okay. Now that we've practiced letting go and grieving all of our significant non-blood relationships, next we'll practice letting go of and grieving all the folks who take care of the people and pets and things that are important to us. So look at the memory prompt for the first person on your list and bring up that memory and bring up that memory in its richest form, meaning with all of its sights and sounds and smells and feelings, and just bring all that up and marinate in that moment. Take a moment now to just sit with that memory. And now say, this memory that I am or that we are enjoying right now, the person in this memory, they're gone. They are no longer your child's teacher or your dog groomer or your barista. And then really feel it. Take a moment to wrestle with the idea that y'all may have seen them just this morning and that they're gone now. And whatever role they played in y'all's life, that y'all will never see them again. And take a moment to grieve that they are no more. So now that we've practiced letting go of and grieving the folks who take care of the people and pets and things that are important to us, next we'll practice letting go of and grieving work. So look at the memory prompt for work and bring up that memory and bring it up in its richest form, meaning with all of its sights and sounds and smells and feelings, and just bring all that up and marinate in the moment. So take a moment now to just sit with that memory. And now say this memory, this memory of our work, our job, this job is gone. This job is no longer our job. And no matter how much it meant, we will never work in that job. We will never do that kind of work again and then really feel it. Take a moment to wrestle with the idea that y'all's career is no more and that whatever role work played in y'all's life, that that is gone. All right, let's take a moment to do this again on our own. Let's pause now. Okay, so now that y'all have practiced letting go of work, next we'll practice letting go of the boss. 
So take a look at the memory prompt for the boss and bring up that memory in its richest form, meaning with all of its sights and sounds and smells and feelings, and take a moment to just sit with the memory. And now say to yourself, this memory, this memory that I am or that we are enjoying right now, the person in this memory, they are no more. And take a moment to wrestle with the idea that the person that y'all may have just seen this morning, that they're gone and that y'all will never see them again. And take a moment to grieve that they are no more. Okay, let's pause now and do that. Okay. Now that we've practiced letting go of and grieving the boss, next we'll practice letting go of and grieving the first of our two most preferred colleagues. So take a moment now to look at the memory prompt for the first of our two most preferred colleagues and bring up that memory and bring it up in its richest form, meaning with all of its sights and sounds and smells and feelings, and take a moment to just sit with this memory. And now say to yourself, this memory, this memory that I am or that we are enjoying right now, the colleague in this memory, they're gone. They are no more. And take a moment to wrestle with the idea that this colleague that y'all may have just seen this morning, that they're gone now and that y'all will never see them again. And take a moment to grieve that they are no more. All right, let's pause now and do that again on our own. Okay. Now that we've practiced letting go of and grieving the first of our two most preferred colleagues, next we'll practice letting go of and grieving the second of our two most preferred colleagues. So take a moment now to look at the memory prompt for the second of our two most preferred colleagues and bring up that memory in its richest form, meaning with all of its sights and sounds and smells and feelings, and take a moment to just sit with this memory. And now say, this memory, this memory that I am or that we are enjoying right now, the colleague in this memory, they are gone. They are no more. And take a moment to wrestle with the idea that this colleague that y'all may have just seen this morning, that they're gone and that y'all will never see them again. And take a moment now to grieve that they are no more. Okay, let's pause now and do that. Okay, so now that we've practiced letting go of and grieving the boss and the two most preferred colleagues, next our students will practice on their own letting go of and grieving themselves as a student and their plans for their future. For y'all who are students, use your two to three word prompts to recall and visualize your chosen memories. First for being a student and then for future occupation. And so bring each of those memories up in its richest form, meaning with all of its sights and sounds and smells and feelings, and just bring all that up and marinate in the moment. 
So take a minute just to sit with it for each of them and then say this memory, this memory of us as a student or of our future occupation, it is no more. And then really feel it. Take a moment to wrestle with the idea that what y'all have been doing, what y'all have been working on, that it is no more. That whatever role school played in life, that that is gone. And then take a moment to grieve that. Okay, so let's pause now and take time to do that for the memory of being a student and for plans for the future. Okay, now that our students have practiced letting go of and grieving their education and their plans for the future, next we'll practice on our own, letting go of and grieving our hobbies. So for example, Alice was a stamp collector. So Alice would grieve no longer being a stamp collector. So whatever y'all's hobbies are, use the two to three word prompts to recall and visualize the chosen memory for each hobby and bring each of those memories up in its richest form, meaning with all of its sights and sounds and smells and feelings. And just bring that up and then marinate in the moment. Like take a moment just to sit with it. And then say to yourself, this memory, this memory of me as a skier or as a hiker, it's only a memory now. And that whatever role that hobby played in y'all's life, that that is gone. That who y'all are in that cherished hobby, that they no longer exist. And take a moment to wrestle with that, to grieve that your hobbies are no more. Okay, so let's pause now and take time to practice remembering and then letting go of and grieving all y'all's hobbies. Now we've practiced letting go of and grieving all the important blood and non-blood relationships in our life, as well as all the important folks who take care of the people and pets and things that are important to us. We've also practiced letting go of and grieving what we do for a living, our boss, and our two most preferred colleagues. Our students have practiced letting go of and grieving being a student and their future occupation. And all of us have practiced letting go of and grieving our hobbies. Wow, that was a lot of work. Let's take a moment to congratulate ourselves. You can just tell yourself, good job, or well done. Okay, today we went through an exercise for creating flexibility in your identity. And we used your personal story to do that. And we used a really important part of our story, our social roles, our social identities, because if you can be comfortable playing around with giving up a really important part of your story, that is the best way to develop flexibility in your identity. And flexibility in our identity is what we need because how we think about ourselves determines our relationship with everything else. If you enjoyed this, please hit like, because it makes it easier for others to find. And I would be so grateful for any feedback. 
You can leave any feedback in the comments below, or you can email me at kate at katetbenson.com. If y'all are curious about me, you can learn more and sign up for my newsletter at kate-t-benson.com. And you can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Kate T. Benson, or you can subscribe on YouTube. Thank you so much for your time. I see you. I appreciate you. Until next time. Namaste.